Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. To find out more, visit lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our state senator. Also, She's also uh, the head of the rules. She's the rules chairman in the uh, Senate this year. And uh, also, she will be president of the Senate next year, uh, if, in fact, uh, the Republicans hold the Senate. Uh, our guest is, uh, again, uh, Kathleen Pasadoma. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and we'll be visiting with my wife, Linda, who will be up to date, up to the minute, up to the second, and everything that's going on in the news when she comes in. It is December the 15th, and on this day in 1791, following the ratification of the state of Virginia, the first ten amendments of the United States Constitution, known collectively as the Bill of Rights, became law of the land. In 1789, the first Congress of the United States approved 12 amendments to the U.S. Constitution and sent them to the states for ratification. The amendments were designed to protect the basic rights of U.S. citizens, guaranteeing the freedom of speech, press, assembly, exercise of religion, and the fair uh, and legal procedure to bear arms, uh, and that powers not delegated to the federal government would be reserved for the states and the people. Influenced by the English Bill of Rights of 1689, the Bill of Rights was also drawn for Virginia's Declaration of Rights, drafted by George Mason in 1776. He was a native Virginian, Mason was, and was a lifelong champion of individual liberties. And in 1787, he attended the Constitutional Convention and criticized the final document for lacking constitutional protection of basic political rights. In the ratification struggle that followed, Mason and other critics agreed to support the Constitution if, and in exchange, for the assurance that amendments would be passed immediately. On December 15, 1791, Virginia became the 10th of 14 states to approve 10 of the 12 amendments, thus giving the Bill of Rights the majority of state ratification necessary to make it legal. Of the two amendments not ratified, the first concerned the population system of representation, and the second had something to do with uh, comp- compensation for Congress. The first was ratified, was never ratified, and the second was ratified more than 200 years later in 1992. So this process is pretty complicated to get the Bill of Rights through. And, uh, of course, I don't think it was necessary because where government was delegated 18 enumerated rights, all other rights belonged to the people in the states. But, uh, nevertheless, that was the deal they made. And, quite frankly, uh, right now, Hillary Clinton is fall- calling for uh, getting rid of the Electoral College. Well, the same process would have to be followed, and I don't think it would pass. Hope not. Well, the uh, Florida Department of Health reported 86 new cases of COVID-19 and two additional deaths in Cuyahoga County on Monday. The seven-day moving average is going down now. New cases was 139 through Sunday, 70% uh, more than the average of November the 1st, which was 82. Monday, there were 95 patients in Cuyahoga County hospitals with plenty of beds available, so we're certainly not overwhelming the health care system. Uh, Children's Health Defense is a long-term health effects 
their mission is the long-term health effects of our vaccine program are inadequately studied and our regulatory bodies are conflicted. Children's health epidemics have mushroomed along with childhood vaccine schedule. So uh, the founder, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., very uh, articulate guy, although he has problems with his voice, he's difficult to listen to, but irrespective, real smart guy, and he's looking out for kids' health. And he notes that uh, vaccines are going up, uh, and the number of vaccines are, are really correlating with the childhood health and the uh, chronic issues, health issues that kids develop. Well, anyhow, here's what he had to say. Uh, CDC, he says, has officially acknowledged that it has quietly created a new mortality c- category, uh, PIC, which groups uh, pneumonia, influenza, and COVID-19 together. Let me repeat that. It now re- uh, puts pneumonia, influenza, and C- uh, COVID-19 together and reports all of them as COVID deaths. It appears that the new classification gives official uh, rights to uh, a gimmick that the CDC adopted early in the pandemic of counting pneumonia and influenza deaths as COVID in order to inflate mortality numbers. That's his conclusion. CDC's convenient new metric will allow the medical cartel to stay in the COVID death business as long as it likes while enjoying all the attendant benefits of power and control, even if COVID-19 disappears on its own as it did SARS and all other previous coronavirus pandemics. Uh, that is a pretty suspicious uh, statement, but nevertheless, I think it's important, and I encourage you to visit or just Google Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his work with the child. It's called the uh, Child's Health Defense, Children's Health Defense. Uh, great organization. He does great work. So uh, Trump announced on Twitter that just it's just had a very nice meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr at the White House. Our relationship has been a very good one. He's done an outstanding job, and as per his letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family. He says Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen, an outstanding person, will become acting attorney general, highly respected. Richard Donahue will take over as the duties of uh, Deputy Attorney General, and thanks to all, he said. Uh, but of course, uh, Barr's letter was just amazing. It articulated all the tremendous accomplishments of uh, Trump and also the difficulties he had working through uh, with Congress and all of his enemies, it was a very complimentary letter. Now, what's interesting to me is that uh, I never found the word resignation in any of this. It says that Barr's going to go off and enjoy his family over the holidays. Both areas, this was a real love fest, these these, uh, announcements. But I don't see that he resigned. I think he might have, what I believe is he might even return after the holidays, and I think something's up. Something's going to happen in the next few days that uh, perhaps Barr was getting a death threat. Who knows what, what's going on? I'm just saying something's going on. It looks so well orchestrated. Enough said about that. Yesterday, the electoral event to confirm Joe Biden as president-elect. And do you think this vote will stand? Well, I certainly don't, and we, the people, are about to learn even more about the genius of our founders in writing the Constitution. The political and political challenges will continue. And by the way, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and Arizona all had GOP electors cast votes for Trump and Pence, which preserves the right to remedy fraud with his own electors. So interesting, isn't it? Sending more than one state of elect- or slate of electors is not unheard of, said Mishan Maddock, 
Michigan Rep- uh, Republican at large, the national elector in the email release, it's our duty to the people of Michigan and to the U.S. Constitution to send another slate of electors if the election is in controversy or dispute, and it clearly is, he said. According to RSBN, uh, Nevada GOP electors cast ballots for Donald Trump, declaring him the winner of the six electoral votes there. Former Kansas uh, Attorney General Phil Klein, boy, he's great, was on the Steve Banyan's War Room show yesterday, exposing the stunning tyranny that seems to be taking place at Michigan's state capitol Monday morning. This is just absolutely absurd. We're shutting down the democracy as we speak, said Klein, adding that the uh, police are surrounding the state capitol today by order of the Michigan governor. In doing so, legislators are blocked from coming in to do their job as per the Constitution that gives them powers to render the decision of electors. This comes, I'm, I'm laughing because this is so absurd. Do you think this is going to stand, the uh, governor? I don't think so. Uh, you know, this is so transparently illegal, it's unbelievable. This comes after the state's attorney general has threatened them with criminal investigation in a Sunday evening tweet. tweet. I'm not kidding about this. This, is, this really happened. So the electors tried to get into the state house. Police, state police were there and wouldn't let them in. Unbelievable. It was it was uh, polite and all that, but the, they just state police says no. We're we're instructed to keep you out of here. States with close contests between Republican uh, President Donald Trump and his Democratic rival Joe Biden could produce competing slates of electors, once certified by the governor and another by the legislature. Both chambers of the U.S. Congress could accept the same slate of electors, which would almost certainly put the matter to rest. The chambers could also split which is more likely if Republicans retain control of the Senate and Democrats hold on to the House majority. If lawmakers cannot agree on a set of electors, the country will find itself in uncharted territory. In other words, a constitutional crisis. I tell you what, you can't make this stuff up. The the, the, uh, drama in all this is just unbelievable. Now, here's the bombshell, a forensic report from Allied Security Operations Group of election results from Atrium County. Atrium County in Michigan concluded Dominion Voting Systems is intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. The report reasons that while the allowable election error rate established by the Federal Election Commission rate is about 1 in 250,000 ballots, they observed an error rate of 68.505% with Dominion Voting Systems. Its findings focus on Atrium County, which saw its election results glitch and flip thousands of votes for uh, President Trump to uh, Joe Biden. It de- uh, demonstrated a significant and fatal error in the security and election integrity, uh, the uh, summary concluded. Critical to the report is the notion that these errors are a result of machine and or software error, not human error. Uh, so uh, there's this is now this gives an opportunity to now inspect all these machines. Quite frankly, if this is true, the president won by a landslide. We all know that, but here is now definite proof that shows that this illegal uh, election has been illegal. By the way, Joe Biden addressed the nation last night. Uh, only four thousand viewers on C-SPAN. He got eighty thousand votes, eight hundred eighty million votes. <laughs> Does that seem legitimate? It doesn't to me. We have so much more to talk about, but right now we're going to move on to Kathleen Pasadombo. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' 
longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Visit lifeinnaples.net. Okay, coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and uh, opening a new performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's uh, the ground we'll be breaking uh, next year. Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadena. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I understand that uh, you are one of our electors from the state of Florida. Yes, yes. Um, it's really a fascinating process. There are, there are 29 electors, and uh, the way Florida is, uh, the Democrats uh, appointed 29, the Republicans appointed 29, and then the winner takes all. So since President Trump won Florida, the 29 of us Republicans convened at the Capitol yesterday. Mm. Um, we met in the uh, Senate uh, in the Senate uh, chamber, and um, it, it's very it's very formal, very uh, detailed. The Secretary of State 
uh, basically, you know, ran the show and the governor was there and <clears throat> 29 of us and we all, everything that we did, we had to sign. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. My understanding is, uh, the, the number of, uh, electors is the number of, uh, what is it? The number of, uh, uh, representatives in the house from the house of representatives, number of senators. I've forgotten how you, how that twenty nine numbers develop. Or you know, honestly, I they gave us all the information. This is the first time I've served, but I I've been so busy up until I asked with you know uh, Senate business that I didn't have an opportunity to read the historical uh, facts. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's interesting to have insight into that because, of course. For most of us, that's kind of a black box that occurs, and we know it's happening, but we don't find out much about it. So uh, what's yeah. interesting to me is several states uh, have and uh, have dual electors. In other words, the uh, House or the, uh, the uh, legislature uh, came up with a list of uh, delegates or electors, and the, of course, uh, I guess it would be the... Uh, the uh, Governor comes up with his own slate too. Right. So there's two. I mean, we're, we're, this is in six states, I believe. It's unbelievable. So I, there's a real kind of a constitutional crisis developing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and and so it would all be determined by the courts at some point or another, and I um, or the Supreme Court mm. uh, would be the ultimate arbiter of, of of the issue and the way it looks and based upon what they've already done. I don't, I. I don't see them um, pursuing something that's changed, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 the, that is either not in the different states' constitutions, because that's where ours is. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, it is some unknown ground right now, but apparently right. Uh, the chambers, if they split, if lawmakers can't agree on a set of electors, uh, we're going to be find ourselves in uncharted territory. So, in other words, we na- may not end up with 270 delegates at all because states, uh, because they elect or the Senate and then the House and, and uh, Senate in the United States Senate and House uh, can't agree on uh, which electors okay. to to honor or to acknowledge. <laughs> so interesting. Well, yeah. The the, uh, the other thing is too. Um, obviously, I was going to uh, vote for President Trump, but. Uh, you know, the governor came up to me and said, I hope we don't have any defectors. <laughs> so, you know, we could conceivably, somebody could have voted for uh, Joe Biden, even though, you know, we've all, we're all Republicans uh, and take party loyalty oaths. Sure. Uh, that did not happen, of course. Um, and, and, you know, it was a very... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think ahead. if somebody did that, they could lose. Apparently, we passed a national law, if I'm not mistaken, saying you have to vote for uh, for the candidate to which you initially pledged, that would be you would, for right. for example, voting for uh, Trump. But if, if there is a defection, the, the penalties are not severe. And uh, it wouldn't no. surprise me if some of the Biden uh, uh, electors vacated or uh, turned, became faithless because of the, all the shenanigans they're learning about after the election. Sure. Yeah, we are, as you said, we're in uncharted territory, and it's very unsettling between that and and the incidents of COVID that are rising everywhere, um, you know, people people are afraid, I think. Yeah. So uh, we're starting to get our first, uh, I guess, COVID-19 vaccines are coming to the state mm-hmm. right now. Uh, any comments at all yeah. about that? Yeah. They, uh, yesterday, uh, ceremonially, I guess they, they did their first shot in, in Tallahassee to a, uh, 
a healthcare worker, and uh, you know, obviously the those those people on the front lines. The the governor's um, uh, concept is to vaccinate the healthcare workers and the vulnerable population, our elderly, um, in the nursing homes. So they they're going to send teams out to various nursing homes to vaccinate uh, those uh, individuals. You know, and I, I you know I was thinking I haven't had a chance to to talk to. Uh, uh, to him or, or others, but there are so many of our older folks that are living at home, and you know the issue is how do we get the vaccine to them. Yeah, and you know where do they have to go to the hospital or, or a doctor's office is going to have them? I'm, you know, my dad's ninety-seven and he still lives at home, and I want to make sure he gets vaccinated. So. That's so interesting. You know, in my mind, uh, I, I just again, I'm all for each of us making our own decisions about our own bodies. So I just wonder. There's a certainly at least thirty percent of the people out there are still wondering if, in fact, they want to get vaccinated. I just wonder if, in fact, if you just open it up and said it's available and let the market decide how they want to do this. Your dad would obviously want to get vaccinated. Others sure. who are skeptical may want to wait just so so people can decide. And we're not going to force people. Yeah. You know, that's that's a. I have not heard that anywhere that there would be uh, mandatory. And I, I think there'll be enough people that want to get the vaccine that it would develop the, the so-called herd immunity right. um, that we talked about. So, you know. It's true. It's it's an unknown thing, um, and you wonder about any kind of vaccine. But the uh, the alternative is is you, know, you get COVID and then be seriously ill, or not, <laughs> or not. <laughs> you know, I have met so many people that have had it, yeah. and the the uh, results or the, the 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 disease has affected everybody differently. Yeah. The most common denominator though which i think is very interesting is everybody that i talked to has lost their sense of taste and smell yeah uh but everything else is is everywhere you know i i agree with you that's that's exactly what i've heard uh one friend of mine who said hey i got it uh all that happened is he lost his sense of taste and smell and it came back after about a week or so so i asked him if he lost his appetite he said no i didn't lose my appetite <laughs> so. That's a, that's an interesting thing because others have said you know because they couldn't taste it they they didn't feel like eating yeah so it's you know and and it has nothing to do with how healthy you are it's just some people uh, reacted um, more negatively than others but right. I I mean I talked to a, a legislator yesterday who had it over the summer and he was almost deathly ill in the hospital wow. has had an infection and all kinds of things told me he's got to have a bone uh, surgery wow. out of COVID. And he, he's going to have this, whatever the issues are, the rest of his life. So you've got that, and then you have people who said, well, I'm sick for a Yeah, I understand the uh, uh, Senate president uh, in uh, Tallahassee actually got COVID. Yeah, well, that, that's, that was another big issue. Last week, um, he and I and, and the leadership team were in Tallahassee, and we spent a good deal of time together. Um, so I got tested yesterday and I was negative, but, you know, we were all, oh my goodness, we were with him for yeah. like a week. Yeah, so interesting. Kathleen, yeah, it's just yeah. genuinely, I know you're up in Tallahassee, you got a lot of work to do. I just appreciate you spending time with our listeners today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My Have pleasure. a great day. You as well, Kathleen. All right, coming up, uh, needs to say I'm a little uh, suspicious uh, about the uh, vaccine. But, uh, yeah, that's just me. I think all of us should do our own homework about it and make a decision. I don't think any, 
we should just go ahead. Hey, let's just go ahead and take the vaccine because it's here. Uh, you're, we're talking about something very important in your body and uh, making a good, responsible decision, I think, would be the thing to do. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old... Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And that's just one of their initiatives. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Makes me smile when I say that. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I guess we're in the middle of happy holidays. It seems less festive because yeah. of everything, but, you know, we'll put a brave face forward. So are, are you decorating the house and all that stuff? Not a lot, but yeah, I have stuff out to make it a little holiday-ish, but you know, I don't go overboard like I used to when the kids were little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've got stuff up. Sure, you turn on at night, you turn on all the lights, and it looks really pretty. Yeah. But this is what I think is interesting. You would think that the most populous states would have the worst, would have the worst drivers. 
Mm-hmm. At least I would, you, you know, more like California or New York. Well, what state do you think has the worst drivers? Oh boy, that's a that's a curveball. I'm not sure. I know. I, I to to think about that. What state? Well, uh, I, well, I'll just say Montana has no speed limit, or it used to about. 15, 20 years ago, they didn't have a speed limit on some of these major roads, and there's all kinds of deer and wildlife coming out on the roads. So I'm going to just say, uh, how about uh, Wyoming or Montana? Well, you know, you're close because you're out west. You picked out west. Mm-hmm. The state that has the worst drivers is Alaska. It has one of the smallest populations in the U.S., mm-hmm. but the most dangerous drivers as a group. Well, you you know that makes sense because everything is mountainous and hilly, lots of snow. I would imagine lots of ice too. I would imagine sometimes just the car gets out of control and on those slippery downslopes and so forth. What can you do? I guess it, it, it's based on failure to obey laws, careless driving, drunk driving, speeding. They got it all. Yeah, in Alaska. <laughs> in Alaska. All right. Well, now the other states that are equally as bad, which is interesting because you said Montana. Uh A lot of these are Western states, Mm -hmm. New Mexico, Montana, Texas, Colorado, uh, Nevada. Uh Isn't that peculiar? Well, you know, and again, I come back to those states, uh, and have you driven through those states? No, I've never even, I've been to Texas and Colorado, well, Nevada. I've never been to New Mexico, and I've never been to Montana. Well, you know, uh, we drove through New Mexico, and I don't mean to demean New Mexico, but it looks like uh, man challenged the the land, and the land won. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, just that was one of the observations I made. Is this this place? I don't know how you could develop anything. And of course, one of the most beautiful cities in the in the country is in uh, New Mexico, uh, Albuquerque. But that said, the rest of the state is pretty barren. And so people, I think, are driving fast. And uh, again, I'll point out, wildlife runs across. You know, you can't avoid it. I'll be darned. Well, the best, okay, what state, what state would be the best where they have the best drivers? Wow. Oh, well, uh, I'm guessing Florida's up there. No. No? no. Utah, I suppose because, they, you know, it's a pretty dry state. Or it is a dry state. Yeah. Utah's the best. Followed by Iowa, uh-huh. New Jersey, New Jersey, of all states. That's wow. shocking. Minnesota and Maryland. Interesting. Well, people do, and so, I'll tell you what. One of the things, uh, one knee-jerk reaction I have to that is in Maryland, if the if the speed limit's fifty-five, you better not go fifty-six. At least that was the case when I was driving around there in Maryland. They they are very strict with regard to speeding. Oh, well, that may have to do with it is the enforcement of uh, yeah of speed laws. You know, it seems like it's kind of wild, wild west, out west. Yeah. So maybe that has something more to do with it. Well, in another vein having to do with cars, you know, like Tesla, we've talked about Tesla before, the electric car company. Mm-hmm. You know, since the close on the day of its 2010 IPO, the stock has gone up 12,551%. Wow. Now, doesn't that make you wish you had invested in Tesla? Well, uh, a lot of people did and made a lot of money. I will say that, uh, you know, he is uh, the second wealthiest human being on the planet. 
Oh yeah, and he's an outlier. I mean, he's 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 crazy. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. I mean, but you know, I guess there's genius where there's craziness. Yeah. I mean, I get a kick out of it, but the the fact that the stock went up that much, I mean, that's staggering. You don't read that very often. No, you don't. But I mean, if you took a look at Apple. Take a look at the Google. There's a lot of companies that you'd just be astounded at the increase in, in value over that period of time. This market has been levitating, and it's in large part because of some of these companies like Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, and you go through the list of technology companies that pretty much carried the market in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, it's a God bless America. God bless America indeed. And, and the unfortunate thing right now is we're seeing uh, the markets levitate going up in spite of the fact of what's happening with COVID, in spite of what's happening with closed downs and lockdowns and so forth. And uh, again, the people that have money in their 401k, the people that have money in the market, they're doing fine. The uh, little guy, so to speak, is getting left behind. Yes. Yeah. Well, Nancy Pelosi will come to their rescue. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Who, Stay tuned. Yeah. So, uh, are, are are you still watching any of this election stuff? No, no, no. I'm not. I I assume that they have now formally. Well, I know it's going to. Uh, oh God, it's going to something that's going to come out in January sixth. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, I think that haven't they sort of a, informally said, okay, Biden's the winner. Well, they did. They he got 270 electoral votes, but the, a lot of those votes are going to be. Uh, they're going to be challenged, and uh, and the several states, key states, uh, have electors selected by the legislatures and some by the uh, uh, by the Secretary of State. So there's going to be two sets of electors. That the question is, who's going to prevail? And you know what I think? I think Donald Trump is going to prevail. You know, you're just so such an optimist. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what so happens. You think this is going to go? This is going to do a complete U-turn. Well, I mean, all the evidence right now is there's so massive evidence of voter fraud, and now the legislatures are acknowledging that. And uh, you know, I think there's going to be. Uh, I think definitely the momentum of the game, if you want to call it that, is moving towards uh, Trump and away from Biden. Oh, so you're kind of hanging in there. I've thrown in the dish rag. <laughs> okay. Boo, it's always a pleasure to get your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> My bet. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. 
imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. By the way, I encourage you to visit uh, Lula B's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Great breakfast and lunch, and they do a great job of supporting St. Matthew's House. And I hope you'll uh, have breakfast or lunch at Lula B's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, I'm going to visit with my wife, Linda. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening currently in politics and on the Paradise Coast. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of the government, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're at, a, we're at a, what they call a strategic inflection point right now on what's going to happen with uh, government. But uh, you know what? Well, yeah. It'll be, yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, four years, like, like, like the Chinese curse. Uh, may you live in interesting times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, you brought up the word zeitgeist. Boy, it hadn't been since graduate school that I heard that view, the word. <laughs> so, uh, the zeitgeist is it's, already... It's German. It's, it's from the German. That's from the... Um, it, it just means like the, the, uh, the overall cultural, moral... Uh, cocoon a, a society is in. Yeah. And of course, ours is terrible because ours is dictated by big tech, big big entertainment, big media, and big business, all of whom are leftists. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a disaster. And one of the, one of the things they're doing now is they're, you know, when, when Trump started, of course, they were rewriting history in reverse. When the stock market exploded in a good way, as soon as Trump was elected, oh, that's Obama's. That's not. That's not <laughs> yeah. Trump's uh, uh, stock market. That's Obama's yeah. stock market. And of course, it's continued for. You know, they, we've created thirty thousand now on the stock market. Um, and of course, it went up after election day. I, oh, that's Biden's stock market. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you know, and then. Um, so how about the vaccines? How about the vaccine? What? The vaccines. Yeah, trying- the vaccine. I actually, I, I linked to an article which says, "Thank you, Joe Biden, for the China, for the coronavirus <laughs> he's, vaccine." He's jumping in front of that parade too. It's just unbelievable. It's, uh, well, yeah, he's saying I'm, I'm going to distribute a hundred million doses in the first 
three months. Trump's already hardwired that. He's been working with UPS and FedEx yeah. for months. I actually linked to an article I quote from it where the, the, the president of UPS says, yeah, we've been working with Operation Warp Speed for months on, on you know, uh, FedEx, and our, uh, FedEx and we are uh, divvying up the states to get everybody equally dist- distributed. I mean, it's just absurd. Yeah. You know, um, nobody, everybody was doing business with China until Trump said, we're not going to do business with China the same way. Then you have, I didn't put this in the article, but Nancy Pelosi the other day, I just saw it on television, said, oh, I've been, I've been opposed to China for 30 years. No, you've no been sh- opposed to China for 30 seconds. You're right. You know, I mean, come on. Um, you know, even in, in the tech world, uh, Trump comes and says, we've got to get rid of Huawei and ZTE, which are two Chinese companies. Um, Huawei produces a, 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 uh, a link in the uh, Internet chain. That, and they, they subsidized the crap out of it, so it created a, 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 a dearth of, of competitors because they, they, they just super subsidized it. It wasn't worth anybody else doing it, and all of a sudden they had a de facto monopoly. So they were plugged into U.S. networks all over the country. And, and, and Trump's like, um, no. So now we're actually spending money, which I, with which I agree, by the way, less government still. But, you know, a little government here saves a whole lot of government there. Um, we're paying these small networks around, you know, these small network providers around the country to get rid of their Chinese equipment and replace it with something else. Um, and he does that, and, and he's getting—he got, you know, he got UK to ban Huawei. He was getting uh, uh, Poland banned Huawei, Romania banned Huawei, and and because Trump's putting pressure on him, Japan got rid of Huawei. Although Japan was leading the charge, I actually went to a meeting years ago with. Some officials that came over from Japan, they're like, we got to get China out of the network. So they mm-hmm. were on board. They're, 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 they didn't need any coaxing. But anyway, Trump does all this. And then I link to an article where it says, here's how Biden can get Europe to oppose Huawei. Yeah, I know. And it, it's like, well, what are you talking about? See, they, Trump's already done that. The, the, nar- um, the narrative is, work, is uh, Biden is going to be the great unifier, and and because of him and his tremendous diplomatic skill he's going to bring together europe and uh, and there's a big be a big coup by uh, yeah i know <laughs> it's, you know and so and then of course you know uh, biden's got awful plans for the internet too you yeah. know which trump by the way fixed and he did it with the private sector right um he got he got rid of obama's the obama biden net neutrality he cut a bunch of regulations he even capped because it's a national, you know, it's a, it's a world wide web. We need a national policy. I'm I'm for localism as much as the next guy, and you know, in federalism. But it's a national security imperative to have, you know, quality networks that don't have Chinese influence in them. And what the local governments would do is shake down the providers when they showed up for permission to build in their areas. You know, oh, build us a park. Give the government free internet and TV. You know, all right, this stuff. Right. So the federal government, uh, Obama, I mean, Trump capped it at 5%. said it's a hard cap. If you want them to build you a park, fine. But that counts towards the 5%. You can't charge tax of 5% and do all these other things. So all these things were good. Then he got a bunch of spectrum. We need spectrum, wireless spectrum. It's, it's a finite resource. And it's kind of like a monopoly board. Some of it's Mediterranean Avenue and Baltic Avenue. Some of it's Boardwalk and Park Place. Right. And he's been excellent. His, his chairman at the FCC, Ajit Pai, has been great 
They, they're having right now a big auction on the mid-band, is what it's called, in the middle, which is very good for, for cellular service, for wireless service, and it's going to connect 10 million additional people to the wow. Internet. You know, we always hear about the digital divide. We've got to close the digital divide, and we're doing it with the private sector. I, so by the way, that was, that was breaking news to me. I did not realize that we opened up the spectrum for the Internet, and to me... Oh, yeah, he, yeah, and that's what... I mean, God bless the Pi. He was he had to go to negotiate with satellite providers who had the spectrum and wow. and you know and get them to say, look, you know, you need to use your spectrum better, repurpose it, do it, you know, consolidate what you're doing on your spectrum. Of course, the biggest holder of the best spectrum is government. You can't get them to move to save your you know save yeah. your life. But he he cleared a bunch of spectrum and it's being auctioned even as we speak, and that's going to connect 10 million additional people. To the internet. Well, guess what? Guess guess what happens when those ten million people go online? The zeitgeist to go. Joe Biden just connected ten million people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, but what's worse is he's going to say, you know what? What we need is more government, and he's going to. Well, say- that's what he's. Yeah, which is precisely. You know, we talk, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I listened to that podcast with that that small Southwest Missouri provider. Um, she has forty two hundred customers, and she just she's like, government is just a giant pain in my posterior. And and every t- every time I turn around, the IRS wants something, the SEC wants something, the you know the the, the public utility commissions want something. It's just that they're the biggest impediment to me providing service. And what what what's Biden going to do? More government, Thanks, which is yeah. antithetical, you know. And it's and it's most damaging to the small providers, the rural providers who are closing the digital divide. Yeah, so, so while Trump uh, did everything to close it. They're going to widen it. So, again, uh, we're going to see Biden try and jump in front of the parade. But you know what? Uh, I'm still hopeful that Tr- Trump is going to prevail because we had these dual well, elections. Well, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, the, the ruling on the Texas case by the Supreme Court was stunningly stupid. Yep. What they basically ruled was only the state that just cheated has the, has the authority to address the fact that it just cheated. Yep, yep. So, Which is like saying the only person who can prosecute a murderer is the murderer. Yeah. Seat Miley again. I mean, it, it was a stunningly anti-constitutional ruling. Well, and political as well. Uh, Seat Miley is the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website lessgovernment.org. Also, Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with my lovely wife, Linda. She'll be up to the second of what's happening in the news. We'll do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity maximize your tax deduction support your favorite charity and help a local child in need by calling naples auto donation center naples auto donation center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer just call nadc at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there you get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by nadc 
goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, now building a performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us the lovely Linda, Linda Hard, my wife. She's also the author of Greetings from Paradise. Uh, you can find that on my website uh, under Greetings from Paradise. Uh, uh, Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, honey. Good morning. <laughs> yes, we are. So you're always up to date on what's happening. So what's going on? I don't know. You know, there's just so much to talk about um, from that, that raid on that company in Texas to... Oh. to um, Joe Biden's really bizarre speech last night, which virtually no one watched. Yeah, 4,000 people on C-SPAN watched. I'm going to imagine other outlets uh, covered it, but the uh, <laughs> he can't draw flies for crying out loud, and he had nothing to say last night. Well, and he kept coughing, and his a number of people on social media pointed this out to me too, was that his eyes were just so glazy. Mm -hmm. And people are saying, this man is not well. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, let me just say this about that. For somebody who supposedly just won the presidency of the United States by the most votes ever in the history of the world, he looked like he was going to a funeral. Mm -hmm. He was not a happy man. No. And he was so defensive and, and curmudgery. Is that a word? Curmudgeon. Uh, well, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> he was just awful. I mean, we didn't watch it except for the snippets afterwards, but mm -hmm. it, it was just so bizarre. That combined with uh, Bill Barr, you know, it's all about the news that, that FBI, um, FBI uh, Attorney General Bill Barr resigned yesterday. Yet in his letter to President Trump, it was like a love letter. He was just saying how wonderful and marvelous Trump was. And oh, by the way, resign was never in his Isn't, letter. It, I noticed that too. It's so interesting. I mean, he uh, it's it sounded to me like I think the plan might be that look, uh, things are going to happen, and I'd like to have uh, be out of it right now until after, for example, January first, and then I'll come back and take over as Attorney General. It kind of felt that way, didn't it? It just felt to me like something else is something's brewing. Something's brewing. Something's up. <laughs> uh, and and then the, there's all this. Um, this vaccine news that's going out, and Bill Gates is saying, "Oh well, you know." Suddenly, Bill Gates became a medical yeah professional. genius. Yeah, you know what? I I strongly believe, and I've encouraged our listeners to really take responsibility for their bodies, do their own research, and decide what they'd like to do with regard to the vaccine. I, for one, uh, I'm kind of of the opinion that I don't want to take it, but uh, I would not want to make that decision for anybody else. But what we're hearing is the vaccine's coming. Take it. Be first in line. I think that's not a good decision. Well, you know, it, it bothers me that the people in the media are just so hyped up about this. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the the vaccine. I don't know which one you want to refer to, Pfizer, Moderna, or 
what's the other one? Glaxo. Oh, well, whatever. There's a uh, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. But but the cure rate from these vaccines is between ninety to ninety four percent for a virus that's for most the most part ninety nine percent survivable. It doesn't make sense to me, and they push it like crazy. And oh, by the way, to your point, look in to see what's in it, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that's happening, too, is the CDC, according to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is starting to group pneumonia, uh, the flu, influenza, and COVID-19, all under COVID-19 for deaths, and I would imagine also for cases as well. And by the way, are you hearing anything about flu uh, in the United States? Uh, well, those are the numbers. I mean, the CDC quietly put out... And I, I sent you a link on, on that, and I sent it out yesterday, a link about the CDC saying, yep, we're going to put everything together and just count everything. Yeah. Which means they can, they can consider the coronavirus to go on forever. Right, right. And we'll be, um, according to, if Joe Biden gets in, we're going to be all masked up for a long, <laughs> for well, a long well, time. Well, by the way, if, if, if masks work so well, yeah. and Joe Biden has been masked up all this time, Tell me, please, why he's hacking and coughing through his speech last night. Yeah, well, that could have a lot to do with, you know, that the other, there are unintended consequences for wearing a mask. I mean, you are basically take, breathing in your own waste. One of the ways we eliminate waste in our bodies is, is, is by breathing. So if you're wearing a mask, you're going to be taking in your own waste, and uh, that's got to have some negative consequences. I would imagine we're going to see an uptick in the number of cases of pneumonia because of masks. Bronchial pneumonia. Bronchial pneumonia. Staph infections. Yeah. Legionnaire's disease yeah. are already being recorded. Yeah. So uh, I tell you, again, back to this point of we should all be making our own decisions. I don't fault people for wanting to wear a mask, but, you know, we got attacked by a, <laughs> a mask Nazi in the... <laughs> In the condo, about now I'm wearing masks, and you know what? This it just doesn't make sense to, to me to be wearing those things. Well, you know what's sad about it is that people are just—they don't do their own homework. They just—I'm—I'm I'm comply, sad, comply, and be like sheep and say, "Oh, well, this is going to protect me from a virus that's 99% survivable." It, it's just amazing to me how people are not actually looking into what affects their health themselves. Absolutely. So I want to get back to the election. So uh, we've got such an interesting situation right now. We have several states who have dual electors, electors selected by the legislators and also elected by, selected by the governor or the attorney general. So uh, this is all going to lead to, I think, going to Congress and uh, for Congress to have to select which electors will actually have some... I some uh, votes. Well, I was reading this morning that it's up to Pence, isn't it? Mike Pence to decide who, who, what electors he wants to choose and what he doesn't. I mean, that may be, not be true, but I was reading that on one side. I think he's, he could have a, uh, cons there could be a consequence of, in fact, the Senate and House can't agree. Uh, he could have a deciding vote. But the point is, we're getting to uncharted waters right now when it comes to the Constitution. Well, and, and you know, the, the, the mainstream media like CNN and, and NBC and MSNBC, they're all running around with their hair on fire today because they're going, Wait, you can't do that. You yes. can't do that. <laughs> so of course we can't. You know, this, this election was totally, totally stolen. These machines now have been proven to have uh, bias. They can't be in control. And by the way, this Texas Rangers and U.S. Marshals raid on solar winds in Austin, Texas. You know one of their clients? One of their clients is? Dominion. Dominion. So, I mean, when you start connecting the dots and everything that's going on right now, and uh, it looks 
<laughs> it looks uh, pretty draconian with regard to the uh, what's going on with the Democrat Party and their attempt to just take over power. Well, and oh, by the way, so $400 million was put in by the Chinese Communist Party into the election and into Dominion in October before the election. Mm-hmm. So there's more and more uh, international interference in our election, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, we can start talking about the executive order. Back in, back, what was it, September? Of, September of 2018. 2018, and they're basically uh, stating or creating a state of emergency for the United States because of interference in our elections. I mean, I wonder if the president might actually uh, call it uh, or do something about that state of emergency. Well, just, just, to, just to remind everyone that Donald Trump has been talking about election integrity since before he ever ran for president. He said that our election uh, were totally um, ripe for fraud mm-hmm. way back in 2013. And you can't tell me that he, when he knew that this was coming up, that he didn't make a plan to uh, catch these folks yeah. doing what they're doing. And it's all coming out now. You know, we talked before, um, before your show about how much we're learning about the Constitution, about how elections are being run, mm-hmm. and and it is just remarkable what's being exposed these days. Absolutely, is totally remarkable. You know, quite frankly, uh, uh, again, being in these un- uh, uncharted waters right now, that I think the Democrats would like uh, to just to uh, have Trump say, "Go away." Well, no moss. Well, that's okay. We didn't win this time, but maybe next time. He's not going to do that. That's not his nature. He's not going to cheat. But uh, he wants to call out the cheaters, and he wants to make sure the election is fair. God bless Donald Trump. Well, and and he just said in a tweet, I don't know if it was last night, the guy never sleeps, but he, he kept saying, Joe Biden didn't win this election. Yeah. I won the election. Yeah. And yeah. that tells me a lot that he's, he's not done yet. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Linda Harden, I just genuinely appreciate your comment. We think alike, which makes uh, makes us very compatible. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. So, and we have a, a real interest in everything that's going on because it's just critical at this time for for what's going to happen to the United States of America. And uh, or as to uh, use the word before, a strategic inflection point. We need to stand strong right now behind the president, and of course, his popularity stance uh, continues. According to Rasmussen, uh, we had this big rally last Saturday down in Washington D.C. And around the country, people are standing up for President Donald Trump. So hopefully we'll see uh, justice prevail. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to go make your breakfast Oh, now. my goodness. Thank you so much for that. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor from the University of Houston. Andrew Joppa, his professor, he's a professor. His uh, commentary is always so interesting. And Bob Levy, he's an author. He's a constitutional so- scholar and chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking more about executive powers. Hope you enjoyed the show. I certainly did, and uh, I know Linda did. Uh, And uh, if you have any comments about the show or if you'd like to get on the uh, mailing list, distribution list for uh, the newsletter, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a terrific day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.